I don't like public speaking. Oh, I'm not a great public speaker. Oh, hey, I'm so nervous to speak to you today. If we could measure how many talks of any kind began with that little preamble, it's a lot. Hey, and welcome back to the Life Performance Podcast. My name is Alex Martinson, and today I've got four tips for you. These are four tips on how to become a better public speaker and to like it. That's the kicker, to like it. Public speaking is an interesting thing, and it's changed form a bit in this virtual Rona world. And so I was thinking, what are where are the places that people even have an opportunity to speak publicly most often? And I'm going to go with the Zoom meeting at your company and church. A lot of people speak at church. Um, I'm often in positions to speak at church. I work with the youth. And so there's different, you know, youth events or Sunday meetings where you get up and you, you speak at church. So whether you speak a lot or you speak very little and perhaps you speak very little because you're terrified of public speaking, that would mean that you're not unusual. On average, people fear public speaking more than they fear death. We've all heard that study. Who the heck knows if it's true? Hey, let's just assume it is because that's a great premise for needing four tips for public speaking and how to like it. So here is tip number one. This is a big one, okay? It's to control the narrative. Control the narrative internally and externally. And what I'm referring to is this narrative about, I don't like public speaking. Oh, I'm not a great public speaker. Oh, hey, I'm so nervous to speak to you today. If we could measure how many talks of any kind began with that little preamble, it's a lot. So choose now to take control of that narrative, starting internally, and just write a new narrative. It doesn't need to be that I love public speaking. If you feel like that's uh, you know, not genuine because it's not the truth, here's something that can be the truth that's an upgrade. It's I'm learning to enjoy public speaking. I'm learning to like this. So that's an example of writing a new narrative without it being uh, feeling like a lie. You can always be learning to like something, okay? So telling yourself that, believing that about yourself is key. You know, there's a, a Tony Robbins quote that I love. He says, how we see ourselves is the most powerful force of the human personality. It's absolutely true. So beginning there, uh, with the internal talk track. And then, like I said, the external talk track, how you actually begin your talk, avoid the urge. Now, one other thing on that note, consider for a minute that us shrinking from opportunities to speak to people can actually be selfish. We might think that that's uh, the, the opposite of the case, right? It's like, oh, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not this out there, gonna raise my hand and offer to share a thought speak in front of the group type of person that's for the confident slash arrogant potentially people. Uh, let's just look at that a different way. Um, you have something to contribute. You have a unique perspective on life because there's only one of you and you have been through certain things 
that no one else has been through. So you have the ability to contribute and to serve. And so if you ever are in a situation where you've been asked to speak to a group or you see an opportunity where you could, if you approach it from the angle of, hey, I'm here to contribute. If there's any way that I might say something that resonates with someone out here and adds value, that's just why I'm here. So consider that it's actually a selfless thing to do, to get out of your own way and to just try to contribute and serve when you have the opportunity. Uh, That takes us to number two. This tip is more of a practical thing and it's tonality and pace. So if you've ever taken a class on communication, you've probably heard about the tonality thing. If you've ever been in sales and been trained by, you know, a really competent salesperson, hopefully they talk to you about the importance of tonality. So you can hear me doing it now. The tone at the end of your sentence goes down when you have confidence. Pay attention the next time you hear somebody talk who's nervous and you will probably notice the end of their sentences, they go up and I'm really nervous to talk today, but here we go. There's a difference. That's tonality. Think about how you talk with someone with whom you're very familiar and comfortable. That is the goal is to speak to a group in a similar tone of voice as you would to a familiar friend. The second part of that, this is still tip number two. The second part of that is pace. It is so common that when we are nervous, we speed up. I remember this, uh, in high school, I played competitive drums and we would always rush when we were nervous. And that included being excited or like afraid, just the heightened emotion. We'd always play faster than we did in rehearsal. So the key here, rather than try to somehow work your way out of feeling anxious or having emotion, just put yourself on 0.5 speed. You know how on the podcast apps, you can reduce the speed of the speaker If you talk in a way where it feels to you like you're talking too slowly and it feels awkward, that's probably the right speed. And again, pay attention. The next time that you observe somebody talking and you think that they're nervous, you're going to hear fast talking and you're going to hear uptones at the end of their sentences. Okay. This one is less tactile, a little more philosophical, okay? It's this. People forget most of the words that they hear. They don't forget the feelings that they had. And so if we can get our minds around that, that should take a lot of the fear and anxiety out of speaking. Um, A lot of times people are particularly nervous about getting the words wrong, repeating themselves, stumbling over their words or stuttering. An example of this is, so from from my own personal story, 
I served a two-year mission for my church. A lot of my friends that did the same thing, they got to go to other countries and learn these crazy languages. I went to Missouri, spoke English, and I was able to learn some Spanish on my mission because I served with a I served with a brother who was from Acapulco, Mexico, and I have a knack for Spanish, but my family moved to Costa Rica while I was on my mission. So from Gilbert, Arizona, I'm the oldest of five kids. I get a letter saying we sold the house and the cars and we're moving to Central America for an indeterminate amount of time. That's a whole other story. We should talk about that sometime. Anyway, after I finished the two years of my service, I flew home. And now home was a place called Matapalo, Costa Rica, population like 500. So I had an opportunity shortly thereafter to speak to the congregation there, the church there, in very broken Spanish. And it's not like these people did the Spanglish thing and had half English going on. There are very, very few English speakers in the group. And I'm talking about this because my ability to articulate in a coherent way was low. But I recall how I felt doing that and how they felt. And I know because uh, my family was in the audience. And so there was just this conversation about the feeling of sincerity of that talk because it was me trying to convey in limited language ability how I felt about the mission I had just been on. And so I know something of the feeling I was trying to portray. And the message I'm trying to get across to you is that people could feel that even though the words weren't right. That is true even when we're speaking English to a group. So they'll remember how they felt. And a lot of that comes through as a projection of who you're being as you give this talk. So back to being selfish, selfish versus in a state of contribution. If you're there thinking in an outward way, like, Hey, I'm just here to say something that may be valuable to someone in the audience. And you show up in a vulnerable, sincere, genuine way where you aren't too preoccupied about yourself and the way you look and the way you sound. Okay, that way of being is felt. And yeah, so enough on that, but that's true. So if you find yourself getting nervous about the words, just remember, they're going to forget them anyway. They're going to remember how they felt. So bring a light and an energy and a, a just a bright spirit of love, contribution and interest in them. Okay, that is the third thing. Number four, this is going to help you anytime you have to give a thought or a message or whatever, and you don't have uh, any clue what you're going to say. You don't have the material. Maybe it's last minute notice. Tell a story. You just tell a story. Okay. The most interesting talks, the most captivated audiences, if you look around, it's usually when someone is telling a great story. And what makes a great story can be that it's a real story about you. And so it's raw and it's visceral and you were there. So no one can tell this story better than you because it's your story. And 
you know, stories play such a deep role in how our society and culture has evolved, right? So we're wired to tell stories. We're also wired to love stories. And we put ourselves in the place of the character in the story. So tell a story. You have stories that people would find interesting. And you have stories that can be easily connected to a concept or a principle uh, that will round out your message or your, or your talk. So a bit of a bonus pro tip on this is keep a story inventory. So go to your Apple notes or your uh, bear notes, whatever you use, create a note called story inventory and just write, you know, a few words, whatever it is, a sentence that's going to trigger in your mind. It's a cue to remember, Oh, coming home to Costa Rica. That's a story. You can just have that in your notes, throw story titles in there when they come to your mind and you will have content forever and, uh, share your story with people, take them on the hero's journey, which is you had a struggle, you found a new opportunity, you took that new opportunity and you ended up in a better situation. You went from an undesirable situation to a desired situation. Tell that story. Okay. So hopefully these four things help you. Hopefully you can change the narrative in a way where you actually look for opportunities to speak, to open your mouth and to talk, to deliver your stories, your perspective and your thoughts, because I promise you there are things inside your head and your heart that will touch people's lives, will inspire, entertain, educate them. And, uh, I really do think that we all have more to offer than we realize but it comes from a place of contribution, not a place of ego. And if we, if we stay in that state, um, it can be really fun, really rewarding and hopefully open a lot of doors. So thank you so much for listening to this. If you found this valuable, give us a like on YouTube and subscribe. And then you can also follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, share this on social media. I appreciate your support. God bless you. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon.